everybody. Welcome to another episode of Anti-Tomb Radio. My name is Dustin. Today we're looking at Matthew chapter 10. We took a little detour last episode. We identified the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. Got a little bit of background on them, a little bit of context. Um, the roles they played during and after the life of Jesus. I think it was important to go through them and see what ended up happening to them. And as we read chapter 10, everything's going to make a lot more sense. So before we get started, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, oh boy, thank you for this wonderful day. It went by very fast. Uh, thank you for all of the many great teachings that you have given us, Father. Please help me understand your words. Please help me speak to your glory and uh, translate these words to uh, this beautiful audience that we have, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so... <clears throat> If you heard some screaming at the end of the last episode, that was my daughter. She refuses to take naps. I was trying to record a little podcast while I was trying to get her down for a nap, and she was just refusing. So she started screaming after she finished her bottle. She is okay. She is just very stubborn, just like I am, and just like her mom. So, uh, yeah, that's what that was. I'm trying to figure out the best setting to record these episodes still. Uh, I found in some of the earlier episodes the chair I was sitting in made a lot of noise. Uh, I also noticed that I make a lot of noise. <laughs> you know, it's not good to eat spicy food before a podcast. You know, <clears throat> every couple minutes, <coughs> I made myself cough. Uh, and I'm also trying to get better with my filler words and not go... You know, you know, you know, you know, all the time. So please hang in there with me, guys. I hope you're getting something out of this. I love each and every one of you, and I'm having a great time. So I hope you are as well. So let's get into Matthew chapter 10. So in the disciple episode, we already read uh, verses 1 through 3, 1 through 4, excuse me. Uh, so we know who they are. Uh, they were all identified and now, in verse 5, uh, Jesus is going to start talking to them. So verse 5 in chapter 10. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any of the Samaritans enter ye not. So Jesus is telling them, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and into any cities of the Samaritans. Because Jesus wanted his message to be delivered to the Jews first. After the death and resurrection, Jesus proclaimed that the gospel should be delivered to all nations, right? So, but right now is not the appointed time. Jesus has a time frame for everything. Jesus is the master of all time. He lives outside of time. He knows what's going to happen. He is appointing them to go to very specific areas in the beginning. So verse 6, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep in this case would be 
the Jews, the Jews of the time. Verse 7, And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. I love that verse. That might be my favorite verse that we've come across so far. Um, And it's the last stanza at the end of the verse. Freely you have received, freely give. And that is so true. As Christians, we have all received the blessings. We all receive the word. We all receive the Holy Spirit. And we are instructed to freely give. But the message that they're told to go preach is saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we have the kingdom message from Jesus. Jesus spoke about the kingdom. We, we learned about that on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' message when he came to earth was about the kingdom of God. And uh, John the Baptist was saying the same thing. Back down at the river and in the wilderness, John was saying the same thing. He paved the way for Jesus about this kingdom message. We see here that Jesus also gave the disciples the power to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Those are all things that Jesus has been doing this whole time in the book of Matthew. So the disciples don't just have a physical prowess, a physical following of Jesus. They're not just mentally in alignment with Jesus, but they also have power over the spiritual as we see. Verse 9 says, Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Saying, you don't need to bring money. You don't need to bring extra sandals. You don't need to bring an extra staff or extra coats. You don't need gold. You don't need silver. You don't need brass. And at the end of verse 10, it says, New King James says, The worker is worthy of his food, or the worker shall earn his keep. The fruits will be shown of of his work. Verse 11. And into whatsoever city or town you shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So that was first 15 we stopped on right now. <clears throat> so saying, enter the home and, and give... Of the blessing of peace. So the Hebrew greeting of peace would be shalom. If the house is deserving. If the house is not deserving, it's saying retract your peace and move on to the next one. 
shake shake off the dust of your feet when you depart from that house or city. That's a symbolic act that the Pharisees would do when they left a ceremonially unclean place. We've talked about the ceremonially unclean things that Jesus has done as far as touching lepers, touching dead people. It's interesting that the willingness of the people is what Jesus finds ceremonially unclean. Not the things that the world said were ceremonially unclean at that time. So the Pharisees and the Jews would say that Jesus touching the leper and healing him instantly would make Jesus ceremonially unclean. When he touched the dead girl in the last chapter, that would make him ceremonially unclean. But Jesus is saying, these people that are not receiving you, they are ceremonially unclean. And he's saying, it is more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't know if you know what that means, but those two cities were destroyed by God in the Old Testament. So for rejecting Jesus, it'd be better to be a destroyed city, a city that is getting destroyed, than for somebody to not receive or hear the words of the disciples. Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We have the sheep and the wolf contrast again. And then we have a contrast for be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we know that the enemy of sheep is the wolf. And uh, sheep are pretty dumb. <laughs> I've heard stories of sheep when they uh, are led a little bit away from water. You know, if you if there's like a watering hole... And the shepherd takes his sheep away from that watering hole, not even very far, maybe like 100 yards, that the sheep won't be able to find their way back to that same watering hole. Sheep also don't have any defense mechanisms against any predators, so they're kind of reliant on the, uh, the, the herd or the flock to protect them. So we are the sheep. You are you are a sheep, and we needed a shepherd to protect us. Sheep are dumb, and uh, so are we. And he says, "Be therefore wise as serpents, and harmless as doves." So the serpent is usually associated with the enemy, the deceiver, Satan. Yeah, Satan is wise. <laughs> He's been doing this a long time. He's wiser than we are. But it's saying to have the cunningness and, and the wiseness of a serpent be as harmless as a dove. Doves are harm harmless. They don't, they're not, you know, they're a symbol of peace. The dove is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So... He's saying that 
it doesn't say that there may be wolves. He doesn't say that there might be opposition. He's saying there is, and you are going there. Verse 17, but beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my stake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Verse 19, but when they deliver you, when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given to you in the same hour that you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. So we stopped on verse 20 there. So it's saying the local councils. Anytime you see the councils, it means courts. So um, we have, it's saying they will be brought up to the local courts and they will scourge them in their synagogues. In the local local courts, guess what happened to the guilty? They were flogged. They were stoned. They were beaten. And say, you will meet kings, you will meet governors. Do not worry about what you will say to them before you meet them. But the spirit of your father will speak through you. The Holy Spirit inside you will speak to you. I'm going to take a quick pause right here because this is something that is talked about often in evangelizing. So when you are talking to somebody, it is our job to just deliver the message it doesn't matter how we deliver it doesn't matter what we say it doesn't matter how eloquent we are it doesn't matter how well we know the gospel it just matters that we try because the spirit of god the holy spirit will work in the heart in the mind in the body of the soul of the receiver so it's our job just to do our best at that time and to let the spirit of god do its work think um you know john three sixteen is the most famous verse of all time why is it famous it's because it sums up the whole gospel in one sentence and it's easy to remember for god so loved the world that he gave his one begotten son so that's all you need to know if you're gonna memorize one verse memorize that one uh and, and use that so don't worry about what you will say. Don't forget that you have the power of the Holy Ghost. Nothing messes with the Holy Ghost. The enemy has no place or no power over the spirit that lives inside of you. Our bodies are his temple. He lives inside of us. All right, verse 21. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father of the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall have not gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man has come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. 
It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Okay, so it's saying that brother shall deliver a brother to death. The father and the child, the children shall rise up against their parents. Jesus will break families. I shouldn't say Jesus will. Following Jesus will break families. There will always be those who will not accept Jesus no matter what. We do find out later in this very book, it says, Every knee shall bow. (laughs) That will be a glorious day. So, verse 22, You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Verse 23, but when they persecute you in this city, flee to another one. So it doesn't say you will be hated by some men and if it persecutes you. It says you will be hated by all men. And when you are persecuted, it says leave that city and go to another one. In this day and age, when, when somebody feels persecuted, right? Think of all the, the social justice warriors out there. Uh, all of the people who say they have rights. Or, I have a right to be here. This is about equality. I have a right to believe whatever I want and to, you know, change my sexual orientation and gender. Blah, blah, blah. Like... Jesus isn't saying that. He's saying if somebody's persecuting you and they're not listening to you, leave them. <laughs> Guess what? If they're not receiving you, it's better that they are are like the cities of God, Sodom and Gomorrah uh, on that final day of judgment <clears throat> than to be rejecting him. Jesus knows not everyone's going to accept him. Move on to the next one. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. There will be things in this lifetime that make you question your faith. There will be things that we see that happen to us, that happen to our family members, that will make us question our faith. They will make us question the reality. They will make us question the Bible. There will be people that rise against us and challenge us. And we might not have the answers for them. We might not have the answers for ourselves, but listen to what it says here. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Verse 22. That's a powerful statement. That's a matter-of-fact statement. That's not... There's no question about it. It doesn't say he might be saved. It doesn't say there's a possibility of him being saved. He shall be saved. Talks about Beelzebub here. Beelzebub. Beelzebub is a reference to, to Satan. Prince of the demons. 
uh, yes, the word comes from Baal in the Old Testament. B-A-A-L, Baal. Baal is a god that was worshipped by the pagans who demanded sacrifice. Demanded animal sacrifices, demanded human sacrifices. Very evil, cultish type god. Sounds a lot like Satan to me. Matter of fact, I believe Baal is Satan. I believe every time we see that, that is Satan. A few years ago, they were trying to build a temple of Baal in New York City. <laughs> trying to build a temple of Satan in New York City. You believe that? So Baal Zebul means the exalted Baal, the exalted one. The exalted prince of demons. Baal, what Baal means, the B-A-A-L, that just means Lord. Um, so that's just, it's more of a title um, than an actual name. But we'll get into Baal uh, another day. But that's who they're talking about here. Uh, and, and that's who Jesus is talking about, verse 25. Jesus is going to repeat something that's very important right now. <clears throat> several times over the next several verses. So 26. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. So there is nothing covered, all shall be revealed, nothing is going to stay hidden, everything will be known. Verse 27, what I tell you in darkness that speak in light, and what you hear in the ear that preach upon the house steps. So whatever is in darkness will be brought to light. Verse 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Fear God. 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, I will also confess before my Father, which is in heaven. Verse 33. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father in heaven. So, we have three fear nots. Verse 26, verse 28, and verse 31. Jesus repeats, fear not three times. He does tell us to fear one thing, though. He says, fear the one that can destroy your body and your soul in hell, which is him. So God-fearing Christians, you hear that term. This is where it comes from. Great analogy here. So the very hairs on your head are all numbered. He knew the number of hairs on your head before the earth was spun into creation. Uh, there's a there's a term farthing here. Uh, I believe we went over that back in chapter 1. It says, uh, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? That's like a penny. That's a lowest sum of, a, of their currency. 
He says, not one sparrow falls out of the sky without God knowing. And aren't you worth more than many sparrows? That's pretty cool. I mean, that shows that God is everywhere. God loves his creation. He's proud of his creation. And it also shows humanity brought to a level above the animal kingdom, right? It's not saying we're all worth the same. It's not saying we're valued as a bird. We are the pinnacle of his creation. We are created after their image. It says, whosoever shall confess me. Your Bible might say acknowledge me before men. I will also confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Last episode, we talked about a disciple that denied Jesus. Denied Jesus three times, in fact. And he was Jesus' greatest disciple. That was Peter. Peter, I believe Peter's in heaven. They call, they say St. Peter's the one who sits at heaven's gates, right? Uh, I don't think heaven has gates. I don't think St. Peter is sitting there. Uh, but Peter did deny Jesus three times. But look at all the work Peter did after Jesus' crucifixion. Jesus started the church. Just something to think about. Verse 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Verse 41. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that shall receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of those one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. We have a teaching here that more teaching about family. This is not saying that you should hate your family and love Jesus. Uh, the Bible actually tells us we need to love our family very much so. We need to take care of our family. We need to respect our wives. We need to respect our children. We need to raise them, give them good gifts, right? But it's saying your family will be divided if they do not follow Jesus. Jesus will cause controversy in them. 
Jesus be put before all else, even your wife, even your children, even your mother or father. God will come first. It says, he that finds his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for Jesus' sake shall find it. This time about death, maybe. I I take this verse as what speaks to me is find your true life, find your new creation. You're reborn, you're born again, right? That we leave that old life behind. You lost it. You're no longer there anymore after after Jesus, right? And then it says. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall get a prophet's reward. He that gets a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So we can only presume that once we receive Jesus and the deity that Jesus is, we will receive an incredible reward, the kingdom of heaven, right? Eternal life. And he refers... He refers to his disciples as the little ones. And whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones, a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say to you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Pretty um, interesting that Jesus looks at how we were, how the world was treating his disciples when they went out. And he knew everything that was going to happen. He didn't rely on the disciples to tell him. How does Jesus know who treated the disciples how? I don't know. It's one of the great questions. In my mind, I like to think of the Holy Spirit lives inside us. He kind of like records everything and documents everything. And, you know, he, uh, he is God and he is part of God. And that Jesus just has that information. So that's not important. What is important is the picture that Jesus is painting here is that the people receiving the message of God or not receiving the message of God and his willingness to just move on to the next if you were not willing to listen if you were rejecting the message of the disciples he told them to just go he didn't say just stay there and argue with them until they understand all you arguers out there (laughs) just i'm one of them we should leave that in our in our hearts for a little while and see what we can learn from this Next time you're arguing with an atheist or somebody from a different denomination or a different religion or whatever online. Doesn't it say here to move on to the next one? For verily I say unto you that it would be better for that person to be the city of Sodom and Gomorrah than to reject the name of Christ. Remember, our job... It's to just deliver the message. Holy Spirit does the rest. And what we have learned is that people will not accept the message. 
no matter what happens, even if this miraculous God comes to earth, takes on the form of a human, heals his broken world, defeats death, fulfills all the prophecies, comes back to life, mind you, leaves the tomb empty, and ascends to heaven and promises a return. Some people will just never believe, and that's okay. It's not our job to make sure everyone believes, but it is our job to deliver the message to all nations. Chapter 10 is pretty awesome. I like chapter 10. I was kind of slowing down on the episodes a little bit. Uh, I don't... I want it... It's, it's almost the end of January. I wanted to finish the book of Matthew before end of February. And we're almost about halfway through. 28 chapters. We're going to move on to chapter 11. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep that time frame. There's, uh, let me know if you like that bonus episode I did on the disciples. I want to keep doing uh, a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of stuff I want to get into, but I also want to stay on track with Matthew. So next time we're going to get into uh, chapter 11, John's questions for Jesus, unrepentant cities, rest for the heavy laden. It's a shorter chapter. But as we find how dense the Bible is, there's never a shortage of information on here. Uh, so reach out to me. Let me know if you have any prayer requests. Uh, I've been reaching out on Twitter, just spamming the world. Free prayer requests. Hit me up. One person hit me up. <laughs> Thanks, Juan. Love you, man. I did pray for you. I did pray with you. Um, if I say I'm praying for you on Twitter, I am praying for you at that moment. Um, please let me know if you have any prayer requests. Let me know if there's anything you want to talk about, anything that I missed. I appreciate every last one of you. And uh, I'm just going to close out in, in a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your message today. Thank you for telling us to fear not. Fear not the things of this world. Fear not the people of this world but to fear the one that can destroy our body and our soul in hell. Father, help us digest your word. Help us respect your teaching. And help us deliver the message to others. I pray against fear. I pray against anxiety. I pray against addiction. I pray against any chains that hold us back from fulfilling your kingdom message here, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful day. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Hit me up on Empty Tomb Radio on all of the different socials. Um, I don't know how to use Facebook. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to not have my real name on there. I don't know. I don't know. If anyone wants to help me with Facebook, let me know. That would be awesome. Um, Instagram is kind of slow. Twitter is just the easiest, the best, like I said. I also have a Gmail. Uh, send me an email. Let me know. Let me know if you want to come on the show. Let me know if you want to do a chapter with me. Let me know if there's anything you want to talk about. Let me know if you want to say your testimony. Just let me know whatever you want. We got no, no, no structure here. Um, 
no rules really. But uh, I hope the, the Spirit of God is working in every one of you. I hope every one of you is doing well. If you aren't, let me know. Thank you all for, for joining me for another episode. I love you all. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.